0: I'll start with a brief uh, introduction uh, for Mr. Pashupati Gopalan. Uh, he is a thought leader and a visionary in energy and sustainability. Uh, he is currently focused on building out a portfolio of companies uh, in the distributed energy and affordable housing space. He is the co-chairman and CEO of Sun Edison. He is also co-founder and CEO of Vilasani Housing, an innovative platform to transform low-cost housing development for blue-collar workers. He is also an advisor to Omium, which is focused on green hydrogen production using PEM technology in India. Previously, uh, Pashu was the president and CEO of uh, Sun Edison for Asia, Africa, and Australia. He built Sun Edison's renewable energy business in this region, including 1 gigawatt of renewable energy plants in India, Thailand, Malaysia, South Africa, China, and Japan. Uh, Pashu also led uh, LightSource, BP, and Everstone bid to win the process of Green Growth Equity Fund. Uh, now called Eversource, uh, run by National Infrastructure and Investment Fund of India and Department of International Development of UK Government in 2017. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on board, sir, for this. Uh, the in which we will go is I'll request you uh, to uh, start with a presentation uh, post which we can have a question and answer session. Uh, sir, over to you.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Ritesh. Um, so Omium is a is a company uh, where I'm an investor and a, and a director. Uh, basically, the company was founded by colleagues of mine, friends of mine, who worked with me in NASA, close to 16, 17 years back in the US. Uh, they, uh, my colleagues who founded Omium, uh, Arnie Valentine and Chalk, have both worked for nearly three decades. In, in hydrogen electrolysis and fuel um and they've been amongst the pioneers in the world in electrolyzer technology they work across all different segments so a lot of perspectives I've learned about electrolyzer will comes from from, from uh, them so I'm not a principal researcher or a technologist in this area but nevertheless I've taken a lot of interest. In last uh, and, uh, and we've been just thinking on green hydrogen over the last i would say uh, 13 14 months when we started so um, I'll, I'll i'll walk you through some of our thinking and then also some information about uh, Omium which we should find interesting so wh- what i would also say about ohmium is uh, you know from my own solar energy experience which i started in india in 2009 what we realized is uh, India can be leader. India should not be thinking like we will follow somebody else to bring the technology, we will license it. Our, our thinking in Omium has been from day one. Why can't India lead? Oh. I, I can't be Google. Uh, uh, so Actually, more,
0: sir. Yeah? I think I am losing, I am not able to hear the patient's teeth correctly, but there seems to be we lose out on the sound sometimes. Sir, it's perfectly fine. If you can switch off your video, I think it will uh, help on the bandwidth uh, if it's fine. Uh, your voice is breaking. Yes,
1: yeah, I have... Uh, I did check my... Signal's have very good uh, Wi-Fi. Well, I'll switch off my video. Mm-hmm. And maybe this will help. Yes, sir. Uh. Thank you. All right. So, so you know, when we, when we when we when we think about India and when we think about major shifts in technology that affect the society, and we believe that hydrogen is going to be one such shift. What is important is that it, it it can't just be a point solution for it to become big and proliferate all walks of life and the society in a big way. Right. You know, economic growth is very, very important. We have to achieve energy independence. We don't want to be in a situation like solar where after 10 years, even now, you know, given a chance, we would be importing significant. While the last few years have supported domestic content, so the domestic content is significantly uncompetitive compared to where China's industry is in solar, because China's capacity is probably 200 times that of India, or 150 times something or other. Right, so it's massive. So we don't want to be in yet another situation with hydrogen, since we're on energy independence. Needless to say, I think climate change is very important. India is the third largest emitter of uh, greenhouse gases. Obviously, I think. Uh, we we sometimes get away by counting per capita, but uh, which is also quite relevant, but we also cannot forget that India is the third largest contributor to mankind's uh, impact from greenhouse gases. And all of us have to do uh, our part in reducing that. And then the last bit is, India does have a significant amount of fossil infrastructure already. There is somewhere between... 70,000 and 80,000 gas stations pumping diesel and petroleum. And and all of this cannot be abandoned in a decade. They all have to be preserved. So we, have, you know, we, we keep thinking about these dimensions being important as we transition to hybrid, all right? Uh, Needless, I mean, I just made the point that India is the third largest temperature. This is just data. supporting so that, we're, we're doing about 3 gigatons, uh, while China is about 10 gigatons a year, three times, or so three and a half times of uh, where we are. Um, you know, when we think about the energy transition, um, all of us are quite familiar with solar and wind, and, it, and wind probably has about a 20-year history in India, and solar has a 10-year history. You know, give it maybe give it take one or two more years, and it's grown quite rapidly. Um, other than other than Suzon and wind, predominantly all the equipment has really uh, has come from elsewhere. The so wind industry did a good job, I think, Western and uh, others probably set up factories, but solar has been primarily through imports. What we also want to uh, uh, make people aware is uh, the three other important technologies, battery technologies, that are important, which again is dominated by China. If you look at the cell, people think about battery manufacturing in India, but what is happening is only at the the cell manufacturing, which is the crux of the battery, is all done uh, mostly in China. Similarly, in solar as well. Till date what's been done is uh, uh, some amount of cell manufacturing and module manufacturing but the bulk of polysilicon is all done primarily out of China. You know, we've been a a polysilicon company. We were the first one to commercialize silicon in 1957 as such. So we we are aware of this supply chain and uh, we want to make sure that we don't fall behind in hydrogen and lead in hydrogen. The one element which is often forgotten is it's very important to support and grow power electronics companies and infrastructure and manufacturing in India. Because across all of these technologies, the one technology which is a horizontal that cuts across and is important for every single energy transition technology is power electronics. And there again, uh, we have investments to revolutionize this segment. You know, some of you that are from power electronics will understand that a lot of power electronics is built on Silicon And we have an investment uh, in in vertical bubble uh, which can carry a lot more current and will be much smaller and will make the cost of power electronics significantly lower compared to where it is today. And and the New York government has given us close to $100 million to set up a park in New York. Perhaps uh, devices grow uh across the across the board I think uh, for the country to transition and reduce climate change all of these uh, pillars have to be advanced significantly uh since the topic is on hydrogen we'll, we'll talk about it here uh, we we believe that if we, if we start early and rapidly ramp up we can achieve energy independence on the back of growing green hydrogen and can also decarbonize other segments of energy you know because uh, Electricity represents only 25-30% of our energy usage. There is significant amount of fossil, obviously, transportation is nearly entirely dependent on fossil, but also the industrial requirements are primarily met by coal, so to decarbonize all of those sectors, you know, whether it is carbon used in steel uh, or uh, uh, <coughs> other sectors like I think we will have to uh, see how to use hydrogen. There is a lot of work being done on using hydrogen to reduce the iron ore or uh, in iron making instead of carbon. And uh, we are starting to see many projects being discussed and conceptualized, as we speak, in green steel. And uh, we hope that India will not uh, fall behind and will do the same. The bit about acid preservation is
0: Uh, no, I think it's more I can hear you product. very well.
1: I can hear you extremely well, which means uh, the signal is good. So I don't know. Uh, maybe okay. I, okay. sir, it's I, I think lost we'll you
0: for a last 30 seconds. I can speak
1: a lot louder. Is this uh, is it better? I I can speak a lot louder. yep, yep. yes. Uh, no, no,
0: this, this is fine here. I don't think it's uh, it's uh, sound. Uh, are you using headphones or
1: microphone? No, oh.
0: Right now, we are fine. Sir.
1: Oh, my Wi-Fi is good, and it's a very good laptop. So maybe I move my head <laughs> as a... but so I probably in, in and out. I will, I will fix my head not to move and also be a lot louder. And I'm, i will be a few more inches closer to the microphone. That's fine, sir.
0: That's fine. All right.
1: So this is, you know, this is a busy chart to basically show that uh, the world is woken up and recognized. So, so honestly, if you think about it, some of you may ask the question, why green hydrogen now? You know, green hydrogen, uh, first of all, high, making hydrogen by electrolysis is not new at all. I think it's been used for more than six decades. The U.S. submarines started using hydrogen electrolyzers to make both hydrogen and oxygen more than 60 years back. In space programs, like in the Gemini program, nearly 20-25 years back, uh, PEM, proton exchange membrane electrolyzers were developed by GE. So the electrolysis or electrolyzer technology has been around for a very long time. It is the economics of renewable in it, which is making the possibility of green hydrogen happen right now, where it's starting to look like it can be a real, you know, real reality for all of us. Otherwise, you know, I think George Bush Jr. when he took uh, oath as president basically said that a child born today will drive a hydrogen car. Although that may not have entirely happened, but uh, Toyota and Hyundai and others. Do have hydrogen cars in certain markets, and and it is becoming a reality. Uh, so, I think I, I'll leave you with a couple things. You know, we've done we've done all kinds of modeling. We are very confident that hydrogen can be produced at approximately 50 a kilogram by 2025, and around a dollar a kilogram by 2030. We have the assumptions written down. But many others have also said the same thing. This chart of ours is nearly one year old, uh, but some of the other Indian uh, famous leaders have pointed to these numbers more recently, and we've been sharing this chart with the various government departments for nearly uh, 13, 14 months, as I mentioned. The other bit to uh, note down is hydrogen can be competitive compared to diesel and uh, petroleum, and this is not even counting the additional duties and taxes. So here, I think in these calculations, we have taken diesel to be about 40 rupees a a liter, not accounting for all the taxes. Even then, we think hydrogen will be competitive. So we are, you know, we are urging the automotive OEM and the gas station infrastructure companies like Indian Oil Corporation, BTC and HPCL to rise up to the challenge and for the OEMs to roll out their vehicles and for the gas station companies to start setting up gas stations for hydrogen. We took the decision based on our experience of doing solar in India that India can lead and does not have to lag or import technology from anywhere. So, you know, we're very happy to say that we have a a factory that's been certified by TUV to have the Giga factory status, and uh, we are uh, starting to ship equipment, and coincidentally our first shipments have all been exports out of India. So not only do we want to use this to get to energy independence, but make it a hub where it can also contribute to economic development of the country. And that's our wish because energy, as we all will know, in the last couple of hundred years has played a significant role in the economic development of various countries, whether it is UK because of coal.
0: Sir, if you can go through the prior slide, I think uh, wherein you had the cost numbers uh, prior to this. Yeah, this was a very interesting slide. Uh, We lost
1: a part of your uh, commentary over here. So the the point I was making is... uh, there are a lot of assumptions that go into estimating the cost of hydrogen because there is a renewable energy cost. In renewable energy, we are aware, you know, we have also played a role in requesting for these changes, but we're also aware of these things happening, which is there will be dollar-denominated tariffs for hydrogen projects. There will be nearly zero uh, transmission costs or competitive transmission costs also the government is thinking about doing banking of uh, renewable power to allow for higher utilization of the electrolyzer plants and there is also a pli scheme for electrolyzers so the government is going on a war footing to support hydrogen so it's it's, it's honestly hard to say exactly where we will end up but when you do the mathematics it seems like the production cost of hydrogen can be in the range of dollar 50 by 2025. And that is starting to become competitive with hydrogen produced from natural gas. And you may also be aware that the government is coming up with mandates for the gas companies like Gale and Mahanagar Gas and other gas companies to blend some percentage of their natural gas with hydrogen. And the numbers that have been talked about are somewhere in the range of 3 4 5% or 6% something like that and also the refineries use a lot of hydrogen they will also have a blending target and so will be fertilizer companies so uniquely i think india might emerge as one of the most interesting hydrogen markets thanks to the the visionary uh, you know proposals that the government is currently considering So the, the you know the other bit is I think uh, we already mentioned the work the government is doing, uh, but but we also you know are requesting companies like Toyota and Hyundai to to believe and take note of this uh, rapid development of hydrogen in India, which can make it a very interesting market for them to roll out their vehicles. Because I think our our whole philosophy has been that all the numbers that have been projected. About hydrogen for 2050, we want to bring it down, accelerate that to 2025. Because the, you know, if you think about the cost of hydrogen, it's the cost of renewable energy, cost of electrolyzer, and utilization of electrolyzer. Utilization of electrolyzer is somewhat of a policy matter. So if based on our roadmap, we understand the electrolyzer cost, and the renewable cost is quite widely known already, So, if you add these three, you can very easily get to these numbers. And we are urging companies that are OEMs to set up their manufacturing operations in India and make sure that the vehicles can be rolled out in India. And then India can even serve as an export market if it grows ahead of the other markets in deploying hydrogen vehicles. You know, talking about targets, you know, we we are you know we are requesting that. India take a target of India already. I don't know if some of you may know this already, but India already uses about six million metric tons of hydrogen per year, most of which is produced by steam methane reforming of natural gas. And uh, so these numbers are not completely um, an outlier. I think based on the ground-up uh, planning that we have done, we think we can achieve these numbers of getting to. 5 million metric tons of green hydrogen by 2025 and 20 million metric tons by 2030. We believe these will serve as visionary but yet achievable targets which can make India the hub for hydrogen. I think I've I've talked about some of these things so maybe I'm not going to repeat myself from a dollar denominator tariff to incentives for manufacturing in India and then concessional transmission. Um, the, The immediate implementation will happen in certain industries that are already using grey hydrogen, which we talked about it already. The Refineries and fertilizer plants are the largest user of hydrogen. And then the gas gas companies can blend hydrogen and there's a lot of work that's already been done proactively by them to blend hydrogen and demonstrate that it is it is quite possible to do it, you know, below a certain percentage, which is what they all are gonna to attempt to do. You know the, the the point about visionary targets and bringing other companies. We believe that if we take the lead and send the signal to the uh, you know the largest companies in the world that are OEMs and are doing different parts of the value chain, we believe that they all will come to India and set up their manufacturing and make India.